introduced me to Chip. I really appreciate being invited here, Eric, like so many people before me that have come, so during years. So uh, Chip's been a great friend, a, a great witness, and a great example. Thank you, Chip. Hey, what, what I thought I'd do is thought, um, kick it off here. So last year, at my birthday, uh, my brother-in-law, Craig, he's local in Cross, and he's a great, another um, great witness. He gave me this daily men's devotional. It's called Daily Strength for Men. And Craig, in his good guidance that he provides, and yeah, Kevin, it's really good. And daily struggles in your walk. You know, you can reference this, look at and read through various stories. Just let's just jump in and and this is again and so forth. And we can look, we can read through some passages in the Bible. That's great. That looks good. So. Anytime I get a book, the first thing I do is I look at the table of contents. I, I look at the forward and what does the author really want to um, accomplish and get across? And this is what it says. I'm saying, Craig, it says spending consistent time in the Bible can literally, research indicates that men who engage in the Bible are at least four times a week, are 57% likely to use alcohol, 68% um, less the, um, stray from a marriage vow, 61% less likely to be born, 74% less to gamble. I said, Craig, are you trying to tell me I'm one of these things? He's like, oh, no, Kevin, no, 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 you're good. And so it, anyway, there's a little bit of chuckle at the time when you heard that with me. Oh, pa- did you like the PowerPoint? Yeah, there we go. Hold All on, right. on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait They got to see. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I put together some PowerPoint slides, and I've titled this An Invitation to Spiritual... <clears throat> What I thought I'd do next um, is introduce my family. And Did I go too far? Yeah. All right, there we go. So maybe you've seen my family and I here in church. Um, there's probably a pretty good likelihood where, we, where I prefer to sit up in one of the front rows where maybe Bobby has zoomed in and you can probably see the kids fidgeting around, playing tic-tac-toe, who knows what else. And I think because of that, our, our uh, my wife now prefers for us to sit in the back, in the back rows. Typically like to attend the nine o'clock. Uh, my favorite service is the traditional service, so we would sneak into that, especially around uh, some of the traditional services, like Easter and Christmas. So I love that. I love the music, and thank you, the chorus um, and the choir. Um, so this is my wife, Kimberly. We've been married for 12 years. Um, in the past year, she has served in our MC uh, pre-K program, and because of COVID, and staying home um, prior to that. She was the director of volunteer services at over at North Fulton Senior Services. The meals on we see our daughter uh, Emma Grace. She's ten years old in fourth grade. It's the Roswell North, just like my son Trevor. I coach his uh, baseball team, his basketball. My daughter from the travel. I did want to share a picture of my parents and brother in the lower there. My dad, my mother Ryan, shared the core values that I grew up with in me from my dad and from my parents to. I'm sorry, now 47, oh, I'm sorry, 49 years of marriage. <laughs> so definitely a great example. But really uh, hard worth ethics, uh, real blue-collar family. Um, when it came time to, to go dig drainage holes in the backyard, we got shovels and rakes, and we were put to work, right? And that's what we knew. When we had to do yard work, well, that's that's what we had to go do, and, and we did that. When it, when it snowed in Massachusetts, we got shovels. We were told to get outside and go shovel, and that was just something that we did and we grew up with, and um, so um, that worth that ethic. And maybe just kind of a, a funny story about that as we would shovel. It wasn't probably the day after my brother and I moved out that showed up my dad bought uh, a snowblower. We didn't even know that was an option. If we did, we would have contributed to that, you know, far before the time that he made that purchase. Today. And at the second 
is Roswell United Methodist Church. And it started with an invitation from Angela Mitchell. And maybe some of you know Angela. She went on to pursue her MD and has since moved out with Chris to Arkansas um, with their daughter, Elena. But we had an invitation to attend RUMC and also to the Sunday School Class uh, Foundation. At the time, I was said, okay, we're gonna be, where, where are we going? What are we doing, a Sunday School Class? I grew up in a Lutheran church in, in Massachusetts, just like all my, my family members have. Very close-knit, and, and what I recall, that Sunday School was about five or six adults, and they'd be around the pastor, and they study the Bible. I had no idea what to expect. And when I came into the Foundation Sunday School class, I found couples similar age, similar walk, life experiences with children, and, and it was very warm and welcoming. At the same time, though, uh, Tim Kittredge, who's a really spiritual leader, I think he was in those first few weeks, laid out a whole strategic plan. And I'm like, what well, Sunday school class? Like, what the heck is this? I'm thinking to myself. So for that year, as an outline of books, guest speakers, I was like, wow, man, they take seriously. And I, it was very, very appealing. And, and I really, I think, took to it. Um, and um, I'm, I'm so thankful for some of these books that uh, we read and, and others. Um, the book Radical by Pratt, maybe you've read it or familiar with it, but that was very eye-opening. And to really come to the realization that we are so incredibly blessed locally, globally. I, I recall uh, Platt making a point, you know, just step outside as you walk out of your church. What do you see? You see all these millions of dollars worth of cars. It was quite eye-opening. For me, it, I really have taken that through and certainly appreciate so much that you're giving great, great uh, Specifically in the Sunday school lessons, um, I, I, um, we also had great guest speakers. Rusty made it a point. We, we, we locked him in annually in January, and January was always very fitting. It, it felt like to, it was a great reset for each year, and Rusty would really set the tone and challenge us. Bob Fletcher would come in. He would provide various messages, including on Revelations. How many people want to step in and lead a, a study of Revelations? <laughs> Bob Fletcher would. Okay. Mark Kramer with Timothy. And there's so many others that have been just great examples and sharing knowledge of the Bible and, and other lessons, and as well as in classmates. So, you know, Chip's quite knowledgeable. Matt, who's here in the room. Uh, Keith Henry, if you recall, Keith. I mean, wow. We, anytime we would have maybe a discussion or a debate, the class members at our level, and then we, then we'd, we'd point to Keith. Okay, Keith, let us know. What, what is this really about? And Keith would, he would let us know. Um, and just incredible knowledge, which leads me into this next bullet point about a study Bible. I had no idea these study Bibles exist, nor some of these Christian books. I, this is all very eye-opening to me. And for me, I received a, a Bible when I was confirmed in 1992. And I was like, okay, that's my Bible. And I almost felt like it was a little bit of a rite of passage. Okay, I had to read this and try to interpret this and how hard that was. And, and Gavin Hall, who was in our class, he bought the study Bible and he showed it to me. And all these comments, inputs from scholars. And I was like, wow. This is super cool. So what I ended up doing the next week, and before that I was a cheapskate and didn't want to spend 40 or 50 bucks, I got that same bunch of them. And it's just been a great resource for serving. So we really have classmates and members of this church that really walk the walk. I think in the workplace, we call it the say-do ratio. People talk about serving, and, and not only from like the great day of service, serving around the church, the field day, and folks here as we know get served and participating in the and you can see it's real genuine. The classmates serve with that um, it's for no other reason, but really to serve. Again, with our Sunday school class also, um, has been great Christmas parties, Valentine's Day, couple nights. 
um, Easter egg hunts and such a great impact for my wife and I, my family. <laughs> this guy's right? And there's a picture there again, compliments to Chip. Chip's got this great property and Chip um, really bringing us together to, to further walk together in Christ. Um, and, and it's just a great community. And you can see them there, we're all having a great time, uh, really enjoying really enjoying ourselves. And, um, definitely just so thankful for Chip to, to continue to encourage and, and guide us. And um, for me, it was my first time fishing also. I've never been fly fishing before. And what greater time than you can be with your good buddies from church and, and have someone like Justin Polly go about, share his awesome, expensive Orvis gear. I have no idea about fly fishing, but he was just so, um, you, you know, open, sharing of, yeah, you're, you're welcome to use my gear without reservation. And I'm thankful for that. I was able to use my, my granddad's shotgun. This is a, model, a Winchester model, 1897. This is a hold five shells. This thing was a trench shooter back in World War One, and, and it was pretty cool to go do that. And of course, we brought our Bible and we were in the Word, we were challenged in those lessons that we had. An invitation here to men's breakfast. So I recall attending the first men's breakfast here. I can't remember how many years ago. It was maybe something like seven or so. Jason Scott spoke at that. I tried to be consistent as possible attending this each week, um, each month. And, and I find it just great to get to know you, to hear messages from you, get better to know you. And I'm hoping to reciprocate that today. And to continue that further for some of the folks here who maybe have not spoken, I know I'm keeping track of my Sunday school class and friends, and we're going to call on you, and you're going to be up here before you know it. Or maybe it's going to be a repeat of my teaching. I'll be looking for you. It's also an invitation of serving around the church here and being a member of the Board of Stewards. Uh, that was great, great. Um, another way to go deeper in the church and see the inner workings and being involved with that. An invitation to be on the REMC Foundation. Again, compliments. Uh, former chair Mike Peachy and in, in introducing me to that and that was again very eye-opening of how allocate resource through endowments put money in, in places really good deal I mean also it's just teaching Sunday school class for my daughter um, as she's gone from kindergarten all the way through um, to where she is today in fourth grade so really all these things and all of you in this awesome church community have shaped me continue to shape me and to continue in my spiritual, and I'm forever, forever thankful. All right, what I thought I'd do is share a little bit more about some of my work, some about my school. I, uh, when I joined General Electric 21 years ago, there was an iconic CEO, Jack Welch. At that particular time, stock was splitting two ways. It was splitting three ways. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good gig. I want to get on this one, and this is going to be a, a fun ride, and, and it really has, and I've been had the opportunity to serve in various roles, mostly leading a variety of programs and project management duty up, um, duties, servicing, upgrading power plants, predominantly in the United States, some throughout Europe, and um, I met some just amazing people along the way. And we get some really you know fun stories. Like, uh, I think what I will share from that um, is a couple things here in the second and third bullets. But I would say when I moved down here, it was in 2005 from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania to Dunwoody. And I thought it was just going to be one of these deals. I'm going to be down here in the Atlanta area for a couple of years and head back up into the Northeast and you meet your wife. And, you know, sure enough, you know, here we are loving where we live in, in Roswell, Georgia, just a, a great town, great community, great parks and a great church family. And we don't see um, back up anywhere to work. Um, 
in, in 2000, um, <clears throat> that, that's when I joined GE. And maybe I, I have a, just a few bullets on, on a few locations where I've been to various places. Um, I, I did have an assignment to build a power plant in New Orleans, right on the West Bank of, of the Mississippi, or a couple of customer And this was right at the beginning of 2002. And, you know, as a young guy, I can talk about the fun, fun times that you can have around there. Um, and, and as part of that, though, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 36 was in New Orleans. And I said, well, heck, if Super Bowl is going to be here, I'm definitely. And it just so happens my favorite team, the New England Patriots, were there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So took cash advance uh, for like a week prior to. Wow. I think I had like $1,400 on me. I put money in my socks, my underwear. I'm like, hopefully nothing bad is going to go. So the project manager I was with, this guy's like 6'5", 3 played for me. We're kind of rolling around the Superdome and we find a guy who's selling tickets. He's got like a dozen tickets. That's going to happen. We both made an agreement prior to. If anything goes down, let's not tell anybody. It's just funny. We'll make it up. We'll give us some extra overtime. We'll call it good. He said he wanted $400 for the tickets. He said there were good tickets. He said $400. just worth the risk. Let's just go do it. This is right before 9-11. So there's all kinds of security and stuff there. So we get through security. We leave it. We're high-fiving. We go to our... We're on the 50-yard line. Not the 49, but 50-yard line in the 13. If you come to my house, I have a panoramic picture. I can show you right where I am. The ticket... And there I am right in the pit. So it's super cool. Sometimes you wonder how you get these assignments or where you're going to go. But that one really worked out well. Rising Sun, Maryland. You're like, why am I putting down Rising Sun, Maryland? And who knows what Rising Sun, Maryland uh, is all about. Well, I was building another power plant there in 2002 and 2003. That's directly right on the Mason-Dixon line. So I didn't know what the heck the Mason-Dixon line was, even being from Boston. Or I think I read about it in a history book and so forth. I never really paid a whole lot of attention to it. But when you're going to where you were living, to the power plant each day, you see a bunch of flags and stuff. And it was, again, a quite eye-opening experience. And especially, I think, in today's world where we talk a lot more about diversity. I look at this. I have Rome. This is Rome, Italy. I had a, an assignment of, hey, Kevin, you can get your passport. And yeah, just dust it off. Can you get over to a project? Just It's going to be a week long in Rome. I said, okay, sure, let's do it. So I go over there. I go to the customer power plant. Show up and the customer says, hey, now we're not sure if we're over here and we'll call it through. So I think of the way the, the market was at the time, they were making three or four times how much I called up my service manager. And he said, hey, why don't you hang out? We could use you in Wales. Hang out for a week. I said, good deal. So <laughs> was able to tour around Rome for a few days, go to the Sistine Chapel, and just what a moving experience that was. And at that particular time, my faith journey... As much as I grew up going to church on a weekly, I mean, those experiences are just so touching. There's definitely. So a little bit about school. I got my master's. Um, and maybe I'll just talk a little bit more about Massachusetts Maritime Academy. And you hear Maritime say, what is that? And it seems like if not a gigantic cargo ship stuck in the Suez Canal impacting the global <laughs> supply chain at a rate of about $400 million an hour, that you really wouldn't know so much about America. <laughs> on Valdez, we can go on about something, but that school continuously produces ship captains, engineers, business leaders, people serving in the military in various capacities. I have friends that fly fighter jets, fighter jets off aircraft carriers. There's admirals that get um, the lead. We do have a, a pretty famous uh, alumni. Hollywood glorified this one, one captain. His name is Captain Phillips. So Captain Phillips... Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he went off his ship on a lifeboat, courageously saved by the Navy SEALs. 
just some other inner details around that in that I had a classmate who was the chief mate who then becomes the captain of the ship. The chief engineer was my roommate in college. They have some secrets. So it, it's super fun. And, and I think when I get together with our buddies, I mean, we always just talk about the stars. That's why we go to a school like that. It's for the engineering degree. You know, you're going to get a good job and it's the sea stars. That's what makes it. So it might not be as sexy as some of these schools down here in the South producing all these NFL football players, <laughs> astronauts like a Georgia Tech or a, a CEO over at Apple, but it was just a great small school. I get commissioned in the Navy there. We served 12 years in the Navy Reserve, and it was just, you know, absolutely great time. And really enjoyed that. A little bit of service that I did, and finished as a lieutenant commander. Played football, I played fullback. I loved playing football. I had another 15 pounds on me, doing a bunch of power cleans and squats, and I'd mess with any anybody at that particular time. It was just a great time. And visited so many different countries. I think, and you know, up to when I was about, I don't know, 26 years old or so, between my school travels on ships and the Navy, and in my time working, I think I probably was visited like 36 different um and, and maybe just to share it at school when um a couple stories that were just quite um like one was quite eye opening is when i went through the, the panama canal which is an incredible engineering marvel of not been so we stopped in panama city it's on the and there was coordination um where there were buses and we could go, go into the city and, and to go tour there you know, was part of it and visit um, taking the culture and of course as young kids we're having drink as we're taking the bus away and that's probably what we you know would look out naturally through the windows and recall looking out and staring in slums some visual provide is some dog is we would see these see this and at the time it was just wow very eye-opening but never in my life would i actually think i would encounter or, or see anything like that at the time, I'd probably use a word like, you know, I was lucky, fortunate that this wasn't near me. You know, certainly just later in my patron, it makes me realize how blessed I am for all the resources that are available to me. And reflecting on that and really trying to translate those things that I witnessed, you know, I'm so blessed to, for the resources that I, have, that I have and how can I go, you know, programs I see, I find just so important and impactful of where we can just individually. The one other quick sea story that I would share is on a, on a night watch, this is probably like if you're on a ship, it's completely dark. Uh, we're in the middle of, of the Caribbean and you look up at the sky and all you stars being completely pit, pitch black and horizon to horizon. And it's just so incredible that you just know that much of God that was so, in my hometown, um, this is Mansfield, Mass. Uh, it's the town right next door from where the, the Patriots since, since grown. <laughs> Pretty, pretty good sized town, midpoint between Boston and Providence. Um, so it's a great, great town from where I grew up. So I have used the word invitation a few different times, and it's really the power of invitation that I really just want to go. And think of an invitation you have gracious. Perhaps it's to go see a, a favorite sports team, uh, maybe going to Fulton County, maybe to go see Hank Aaron, Dale Murphy, the great pictures of the past for me it was Fenway Park. Uh, maybe for some here, uh, if you're a Falcons fan, maybe it was an invitation you wanted to go to Super Bowl 51. And does anyone recall who the teams were for Super Bowl 51? <laughs> 28-3. Well, my favorite team now, the local team, we can talk about the scores and the outcome later. Maybe it's a beach trip. For me, it was Cape Cod and having a best friend continuously invite me. Maybe it's the, the lunch or dinner. I mean, let's really consider here during a pandemic, if you're being invited for a lunch or dinner, you know you're in an inner circle. And and yeah, this is a special production just to get together to go have a, There's a lot of coordination. Where are we going to sit? Where are we going to go? 
is it safe? And there's some assumed risk around that. You know, for my daughter, it was an invitation to travel and soccer. Now, invitations come in different shapes and sizes, different packages, right? Maybe for work, it's you're invited to a special training. Well, hey, Kevin, we need you to go take care of this. It's an invite, but yeah, you need to go get something done work-wise. For job networking, right? Here's another funny story. And, and my buddy Chip's right at the center of this one. Right around the Memorial Day weekend, the church annually would have a barbecue over here on the on the on the lawn. And our Sunday school got together. This is including Matt, Kurt Davis. I'm sure Justin was nearby and, and others. And we're having a good time. And Chip walks away. He goes, see Jay Litton. And Jay, I want to introduce you to Jay Litton. Hey, Jay. Nice to- hey, hey, Kevin, how are you? You're like, what? What do you do? Uh, so that's what I do. Matt, what do you do? Kurt, what do you do? Well, oh, we need all those skill sets at job networking. Hey, it would be great to have you. Okay. Yeah, so job networking is this next Monday. Could, you know, can you make it here? We could really use you. Sure, we'll do it. Next thing you know, not only were we invited, but we were apparently signed up to go <laughs> to go serve at job networking. The chip was right at the center of, of bridging that one together. And that was just such a so impactful, um, mutually impactful um, to go serve. It's fun little. Uh, same thing with the Christmas gifts and, and craft show. So in in December, this is another event that Chip leads, or excuse me, co-leads. And I recall this is like Friday night. I'm getting my jammies on, ready to watch some TV. It's like 9:30 at night, and then my phone is the thing is like ringing up. Like, what's going on here? I'm looking. So Wes, we need your help. If you're available, please come now. And if someone's calling for help and needs help, well, I'm going to go there and go be there. And, and it just so happens there were tents being set up in, in the parking lot. And there was a big windstorm that came through. And Mike was out there. We were out there, I don't know, until like midnight. And Jason Scott says, okay, boys, September, you know, let's wrap it up. And, and gals. And okay, well, what time do you need us back in the morning to, to just set up? Well, let's Probably about 6 a.m. Is that okay? Maybe uh, let's let's compromise at like 6.15 a.m. <laughs> Wait a second, Jason. And, and, and uh, we went out back that next morning. And those are just very crafty invitations that you have here. So this last bullet I had there was, how about this as an invitation? You're the Shiite Muslim leader, Grand Ayatollah Ali al-Sustaini invites Pope Francis to Iraq. This could be a whole Sunday school lesson itself. Though. But let's just think about that one and analyze that in a little this is a location on the planet where Christians are persecuted. There's historical war and conflicts. There's terroristic activity. A location where the Pope has never visited before on top of a pandemic. This is the birthplace of Abraham. You can only imagine all the considerations that the Pope um, considered, all the, the, the pros and cons, benefits, and so forth. And I think it was well calculated of, of what he went about here. Um, but... I think as the Pope and the Christian community realize this is an area where the Christians are, are dwindling um, and he had the opportunity to provide a message of peace, encouragement, and um, the, the Pope went there and, and it, was, it was, again, from what I read in the paper, a very uh, peaceful message to all the people there locally. Now, <clears throat> now ponder this. How would you feel when you're not invited, right? So maybe this is I'm certainly not qualified to, to talk about all the emotions. We would need Alan Kennedy for that. But but again, similarly here, not being invited, to, not being invited to, perhaps it's a, a, a family gathering in the backyard birthday bar, um, for a birthday party, and you weren't invited. Maybe you weren't involved uh, or invited to that team strategy meeting. And frankly, it, it hurts. I mean, let's just be real candid. I mean, personally, emotionally, psychology, um, psychologically, 
I mean, we all have emotions about it. And I think in years past, I wouldn't talk emotions. I was really too macho against military, football, these. But I think certainly during this pandemic and working, you know, my team at work, you know, the empathy card is something I've wanted to go on and, and wanted to be be more considerate of inviting others and and recognize where an invitation could could lead. Here's some invitations in the Bible, right? And we're and we're familiar with this. This is the the wrong the young rich ruler. Jesus said to him, "If you wish to be complete, go and sell your possession and give to the poor, and you will leave treasure in heaven." Then come follow me, invitation. Then come follow, right? And so what's going on here? Jesus' invitation requires not just acceptance, but surrendering of the possession. Jesus invites himself to stay at Zacchaeus' house, right? And we, we know the, the visual on this. Zacchaeus is up in the tree. He wants to see Jesus. There's a huge crowd around. Jesus is a short guy. He's a tax collector, sinner. And Zacchaeus, at this point, is a transformed man. And as he is, uh, Zacchaeus comes down from the tree... Essentially, Zacchaeus and Jesus, they're at center stage with the entire crowd around. And what does Jesus do? Jesus, in front of the crowd, shows acceptance of sinners and says, Zacchaeus, I want to come over to your house. This isn't just to hang out and say, catch up, but this is a moment of, of acceptance. The third example I have here is, For so God loved the world that he gave his own, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. And believing in Jesus is not just trusting Jesus, but receiving his salvation. We have the ultimate end. Jesus offers us forgiveness. I know I have many times I need where I ask. Jesus offers us healing, reconciliation, encouragement, discipleship, trust, grace, salvation. Friends, invitations are true. I'm living because of your invitation, things that I've talked about. I'm trans. I'm continually, continuously shaped. My spiritual growth continues to grow. I, I would also share just a little deeper. September over of last year, work was a little slower than it happened. You know, I would continuously pray and praying. This was not a, a core skill of mine at any point in my life, but I see myself praying, asking for direction, asking Jesus, what do you want of me? What, what can I do more? For everything that you great for great friend, no classically January 1st. Okay, I've been asking 2021. <laughs> Here's the sign. January 2nd. Okay. And eyes wide open. What's going on here? And I think it was about February, um, beginning of February, where it literally was like the next day. Hey, Kevin, craft a message for a Lenten devotion. Shortly after that, I was partake in a very special ambassadors program. And you know what? I I I feel a great calling throughout this, and it's because of these. What I thought I'd do, I'd like to close with the Lenten devotional that I wrote. It was published at least month, March 22nd. The Lenten devotional, the way it worked, the mechanics around it were provided a verse. You wrote it. This. Mine was Luke chapter 9, verses 22 through 27. This is where Jesus predicts the first four books of the New Testament is the gospel. However, at that time, in particular, was his news always putting yourself in the shoes of one of the could you imagine being told that a condition on being saved requires to deny themselves and take up their cross daily? In that time, taking up a horrible Roman crucifix to death with the desire to follow their teacher? One could only imagine some thoughts, and I can only imagine how bizarre and Examining the scripture of the Luke further, further reveals the incredible challenge not to only follow earthly ways, but to follow his way. The fact that they found opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, receive his grace, and be saved. This invitation to receive salvation the daily cross is a fundamental component to depart from our self-reliance to more importantly rely on accordingly. We continuously and progressively. Some folks refer to this transformation as being born again through undoubtedly. So what I'd like to do is maybe just end in prayer and then we have a couple questions and Eric can go through your normal. 
Heavenly Father, you bring good news and encouragement to release our worries and our fears and be with us each day as we attempt to follow your will and accept your invitation. You are wonderful, forgiving, and give us amazing grace. How about you? Super. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. It is, uh, it is so apparent when somebody's in their zone, and it's great someone find their zone up here. And so, Chip, yeah, thank you for introducing him. I've heard about this fishing trip. I want to follow up with that. Thank you.